thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women, with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest lives a simple and satisfying life in a beautiful part of country Victoria. After her family experienced some really big health challenges, she decided that the primal way of life was best for them, and not just when it comes to diet. No, no, no. This lady went the whole hog and has incorporated lifestyle changes as well, raising fit, happy, healthy kids who spend a lot of time in nature. I've got her on the podcast today to pick her brain about slow food, living in tune with the environment, and raising a healthy family in what can sometimes be a toxic world. Please welcome to the show the lovely Leanne Anders, aka the Primal Mum. Woohoo! Hello! <laughs> Hi, Jules. That was such a lovely introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited to have you on the show today because we met at the Wellness Summit recently and it was just so lovely to connect with you. It certainly was. And what an amazing weekend. It was just a room full of amazing energy with so many brilliant people. I know. We all just left so pumped about life, didn't we? <laughs> certainly did. Certainly did. Yeah. Met lots of new friends too. I know, I know, I know, I know. And I've been getting, we were just saying before we hit record that I've been getting lots of these new people one by one onto the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yes, we have been too. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little family. <laughs> it is. Now, tell me, I was really intrigued by your lifestyle because it looks quite idyllic from the outside, but I know it's probably not necessarily that way, but. Can you tell me a little bit about how you live and how you got into this primal lifestyle? Sure, Jules. Well, for us, the whole diet thing came around with um, really the birth of my twins. One of them was diagnosed with a genetic metabolic disorder called PKU. And that's when the body is unable to convert the amino acid phenylalanine, which is a building block in all proteins. So what can happen is it can build up in the blood and then become toxic to the brain. So it's for us, it was absolutely devastating when we found out. And we knew that it would be able to be um, monitored and controlled and managed through diet. But as Luke got older and then my daughter Violet was born and she was also diagnosed with PKU, we started to look at the diet a bit more and it just didn't sit well with me because it was very um, it was very synthetic and it was also full of formulas that were elemental and I kind of started to think there's got to be another way around this. And I had a few health challenges myself where I was working out a lot. I had stopped or well, my body had, had stopped absorbing nutrients and I just wasn't, I just got to a stage where I just wasn't very well, like I knew there was better health. So we started to look at a few different things and I found um, Mark Sisson was one of the big first ones that I found when I, I started to look around for different ways of eating. And I thought, wow, you know, like this looks pretty good. And I started to look at the food because with the food with Luke and Violet, what we have to do is monitor their protein intake. So for the first two years, they were actually low-protein vegans. So we couldn't have that cuts out eggs, nuts, seeds, um, meat, dairy, and even some fruits and vegetables. They couldn't have banana or avocado for a long time. They couldn't have broccoli or beans because of the protein content. So when I started to drop some of the, the foods that they were having, like breads were okay, and this is what they teach you that breads and to look at a packet food and see that there's no protein in it but you don't take into account anything else that's actually on the packet oh, wow. so you start yeah yeah it's it's really amazing but you don't think anything different at the time because your brain's just looking for the protein content so all these foods that were once part of our life I started to look at a bit differently and think you know what if I can drop these foods, like two slices of Helga's bread was nine grams of protein. If I cut that out, 
I can add avocado, I can add banana, I can have add maybe a couple of nuts or a little bit of nut butter mixed with, you know, now we have nut butter mixed with um, coconut butter and a little bit of salt and the kids love it. So we they do take a synthetic enzyme as well which helps them convert the protein. So as they've gotten older and because they're so incredibly active and they eat so well, their body can process higher amounts of protein. So we started to cut out all the synthetic foods, all, you know, the, the processed stuff, and I started to just bring it right back into just eating all the time foods so they can go to the fridge and grab anything out of the fridge, anything out of the cupboard, and anything out of the fruit bowl. There's nothing up on high shelves that are, you know, foods that you stash there for later or, no, you can only have one pack of Vickies or things like that. It's just just about having food that's there all the time that they can eat that's going to nourish them for how their body is genetically designed to function because that for them to, to eat foods that are especially, Luke, that have got colourings, that have got especially artificial sugars, artificial sugars and sweeteners, but for my kids it's like giving them poison, yeah. aspartame and neotame and all those sort of things that they use in so many foods now is, is like giving them poison and it can have a neurological effect on them. So to cut out all that sort of stuff, it doesn't, they don't have to second guess everything they go to and eat as well. They just know things in packets are made by men in white coats. You know, things that you can eat all the time are made by nature. So we grow our food and we have chalks and the kids are very, very involved in where we source our food from. So, yeah, yeah, it just comes back to because of the PKU, because of my health struggles, that we really started to strip back what we were eating and I just started to seek a new way of looking at, for starters, food, what we ate, for the lifestyle and the rituals that you create around the food you eat because if you create rituals around the food you eat, you're more inclined to eat those foods that do nourish those rituals so they go quite closely hand in hand and then you feel a lot better, like you're not depriving yourself and you understand that the food you're eating is going to help your body be the best it can be. And that's what I always tell the kids because I can't change the fact that they have PKU. It's, it's genetic and it's metabolic and that will never, ever change for them. But they can control how that PKU will express itself. I find it really interesting, Leanne, that, you talked about, you know, the advice you were given when they were diagnosed about taking out the protein. It seems like there was a much greater focus on what you needed to avoid and very little focus on what you could put back in to nourish them. Yeah. Yeah, I found that. I found um, all that control you kind of feel is taken out of your hands when you're told something like that, that your kids can't have this and they can't have that and this is what is essential for them to be eating. And you know it's it's for their own, you can't even really call it health, but I suppose it's for the benefit of keeping them within a safe zone so they don't develop those neurological um, disturbances because their levels, once they get up into the thousands, their fee levels, so we test them fortnightly. We do a small blood test, and people may recognise it from the, the Guthrie card. So when your baby's born, that 72 hours after your baby is born, they will, they will come along with a Guthrie card, which is has four circles. And what they'll do is they'll use a lancet, and they will do a, a heel prick, and they'll fill in the four cards. Now, they're to test for any genetic diseases or metabolic um, you know, d disorders that may be that may be present because it's best to pick these things up at birth. And it's things like cystic fibrosis and PKU, and th there's a whole bunch of other ones as as well. Especially when you when you start to look into metabolics. But what it's those levels can can sometimes spike high with protein, and that creates damage that's irreversible. So before the testing, a lot of these kids actually were institutionalised because of mental and, and in the long run physical retardation. So it is very, very important that these levels are controlled. But there's just another way 
around it, I feel, as well as, I mean, they still take their supplements because if they're not getting the protein, there's a whole lot of other things that's not coming along with it. But you can always substitute the gluten-free zero-protein pasta with zucchini noodles, uh, fruit, you know, healthy fats. Like fats aren't high in protein. So, you know, there's a lot of healthy fats out there that you can be using because I had trouble trying to fill my kids up when they were little because it was always it was always fruit. Fruit is most fruit is fee free. So there's fruit and there's things like you're looking at gluten free, egg free, nut free biscuits and a lot of this kind of food, a bit of bread and anything to just fill up a tummy. Whereas you could be doing that with dropping some of those foods, especially the bread or uh, the no frills sliced cheese. That was another big one, the no-frills, you know, the ones with the plastic wrapper. Plastic cheese. they were so low in protein, the plastic cheese. That's the one because they were so low in protein. So, you know, when she started to, to drop some of these it's low foods, in actual food, mate. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. It's You can't even really classify it as a food. But, you know, when you start to take away, like to really look at some of these foods, there is always a substitute that's going to be more nourishing and more filling. So that's what I started to do with my kids. And as they grew and they could tolerate more protein and they were active, so they have really good muscle definition. They're strong, they're fit, they're healthy. And I said, there's really something in this. There is really something in this because their levels are always controlled as well. And this has to be monitored fortnightly. And and it will be for a long time with them. But I just find my kids are just so much better off. And now it's just become a habit for them. And and look, I don't think that my kids are always eating a, a paleo or, or primal diet. You have to be adaptable as a parent because I can't always control the environments that they are in. So all I can do is educate them the best way that I possibly can as to why we eat, why we move, and why we think the way we do. The rest, I have to give them a little bit of leeway with making their own choices because the last thing I would ever want to do is berate them for choosing something that's not great for them and then for them to not only feel crappy from the food that they've just eaten, but also they start to attach a sense of guilt and shame when it comes to eating something that is not very helpful for them. Yeah, and that, that can lead to secrecy as well. Like that can lead to people, you know, eating things and then not fessing up to what they ate as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And in the long run, it's, it can lead to all kinds of distorted eating because all of a sudden you have this guilt and shame attached to what we seem to deem as bad food when really there's all the time food and there's sometimes food because sometimes you're in an environment where you've just got to make the best choice you can or they're at a birthday party where, okay, the cake's not a a paleo cake, you know, it's got to be a birthday cake. But, hey, have a think about what the best choice could be. If you want to have a bit of cake, have a bit of cake and, you know, maybe just pull the icing off, cut the icing off if if that's what you want to do. But, when they start to make those connections with what they've eaten and how they feel and in a supportive environment, they no longer feel the need to fight you on it. They start to become a little bit more aware and in tuned with what foods do for their body, what environments do for their body. And it's not just food alone. When you have a late night, I feel crappy the next day. Why do you think you feel crappy? Didn't get enough sleep. You know, when it's been raining and you've been stuck inside at school for three days straight and you're just wanting, you know, to trip your brother over every time he walks <laughs> down the hallway. <laughs> you know, it's that you've, you know, it's, it's getting in tune with how your environment seems to affect you as well. Yeah, and I love how on your website you you do say that you want to empower your children to be responsible for their own well-being and, and that's exactly it, isn't it? Well, you've you've kind of got to be because I can't be chasing them around the whole time, snatching things off them at a birthday party, going, "You can't eat that; it's not good for you," or, or you know, running around after them, yelling and screaming to get off the iPad, or you know, little things like that. I want them to have an understanding, especially for when they're older, because it's okay now while they're little, and I can have more control. But what's going to happen when they're fourteen, fifteen, and all of a sudden that communication's not 
quite there anymore and they've stopped making that connection with with the environment around them and how it directly affects them and and that can be anything from peer pressure to you know it, it could be anything but I want to make sure that they always want to know more about who they are about being a human being and moving like a human being eating like one thinking like one and what is best for them? What makes them feel good in life? What makes them want to know more about the world and about the past? And I just want them to be inquisitive about life as well. Yeah, and I, I love what you said just then about what it means to be a human being. And that comes back to that mm. primal philosophy that that you have, doesn't it? That we were meant yeah. to be active people who spent a lot of time outside. Yeah, yeah. and also we were you know we're meant to have connections as as well and you know and and facebook can be good on in a good way where or social media where you're kind of looking at what other people are doing and coming back to that idealistic life and you kind of think wow look what they're doing and look what they're eating and but you don't see the struggle behind it or what it takes the work to sometimes that goes into that and also, too, it could be a good opportunity to go, wow, you know, maybe I can reach out to them and send them a message and say, how do you go about this or how do you go about that? So it's a double-edged sword as as well. But it's that whole primal philosophy of eating well, moving well, thinking well, you know, making sure you're getting enough sleep, making sure you're well-connected because sometimes in life, and, and I'm guilty of this as well, that when you get so caught up and so busy doing your own thing, sometimes you fail to make those connections around you and see those little bits like, you know, you may have a friend that's you haven't seen for a while for some reason, you just haven't had contact to not send a message to actually pick up the phone and say, hey, you want to go for a walk? Are you you want to catch up a coffee? I haven't seen you for a while. Are you okay? You know, because there's a lot of pressure these days to not only live that idealistic life but to keep up with your own stuff in your own household as well. It's There's a lot that we take on these days. Yeah, absolutely. And and in-person connections, I find, are always, always, always better than any Facebook message. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I encourage, I'm, I'm very lucky that we do live in the country. So my kids have a lot of freedom. They can get out and ride their bikes around the neighbourhood and see who else is out and about. So, you know, it's... <laughs> You know, that their play dates are kind of spontaneous a lot of the time in that way is that they, they come home or they're, you know, on the weekend, they do. They take off on their bikes or they go out in the court and other kids come down or they go, we, our backyard's pretty much the, the oval in our town. So they just go out in the oval and it's always full of other kids. So they're, they're very lucky in that way that they're outdoors and they're well connected within the community around them. Yeah. I love that. So, Tell me about what you eat as part of this primal lifestyle. Sure. Well, my kids, are, they're fans at the moment of banana pancakes, which are super easy to make. So we've just got a Nutribullet. I just break up a few bananas. I usually like them a little bit greener just because they just hold better consistency. Crack a few eggs in there, a bit of vanilla, a bit of cinnamon, whiz it up and pour it into the pan like pancakes and then on top of that they'll have some coconut yogurt and cut up fruit or um, they'll have they're like scrambled eggs or scrambled green eggs is, is a great one and you can call them Shrek eggs or superhero <laughs> eggs or Mason likes army eggs when you don't actually beat them the whole way but you can still see the white and the green through it so you just use pureed spinach and mix a bit of that through it and it kind of turns out like army eggs. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's little things like that. Um, I also make um, just paleo granola, so a whole heap of cut up nuts, seeds, um, some activated uh, buckwheat, quinoa flakes, whatever you've got. I just mix a bit of, same again, cinnamon, vanilla, bit of maple syrup and then just pop it in the oven and, um, yeah, just roast it a little bit. And the kids have that as granola. So they'll have that, again, with fruit and <coughs> coconut. <coughs> and um, sorry, that's my dog there. <laughs> 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 Barking at someone. <laughs> and, yeah, they'll have that for breakfast. 
for lunches. Look, the kids still enjoy the old humble sandwich, but we use a healthy baked Corazan sourdough. So the only ingredient, there's four ingredients in that. It's just oil, salt, water, and culture, like a um, Corazan culture. And we get a loaf of that from the organic shop once a week. And so the kids still do like to, to have that sometimes for school, but it's not every day. They like things like sushi for school or um, smoothies. Sometimes I take them because the school's so close. If I'm home, I'll take them a smoothie for lunch. Uh, they fruit all the time, boiled eggs, uh, carrots, beans. Usually in when we've got the veggie garden fully going, they just graze out of there for half the afternoon. So not, sometimes not a whole lot actually gets back inside because the kids just <laughs> send us things right. And like no berries. We had no berries that made it inside this year. <laughs> Same with the pomegranates when the pomegranate tree, you know, we went to get our pomegranates and the kids would just be sitting in the backyard with all their just cracking open pomegranates and eating pomegranates and, yeah, they love it. It's good. Same with the herbs. They eat a lot of parsley. So <laughs> <laughs> That can't but, be yeah, a bad thing. You know, <laughs> No, no, that's right, very high in vitamin C. So, um, you know, same with our, our meat. We source that as local as we possibly can. So we have a friend with a farm that we're lucky enough to get um, our beef from. We also get our all our pork locally. So there's a farm down near Millawa that does game meat and they're all preservative-free and additive-free. We have a lot of good markets that you can go to. We have a lot of... Uh, there's lamb that we can get, which is all organic. It's we're, we're actually pretty lucky that we have some pretty good markets. But it's just sometimes we need to drive, like I drive an hour away to go to some markets, but living in the country in a rural area, it's not a big deal and it's quite a nice drive. I go to a co-op, which is over in a food co-op in Beechworth. So that's you know, 40 to 50 minute drive, but we go up there for the day and we'll have a bit of a look around, buy everything we can in bulk. So that's, that's pretty much the kind of stuff that we eat on a, on a daily basis. Lots of salad, lots of salad. Whenever I grow lots of spinach, I just freeze it in Ziploc flag bags. Same with kale, grow as much as I can, just freeze it in Ziploc bags. I'm lucky I've got a big freezer and I can just use that all year round in smoothies. Yeah, that's awesome. And um and you are a massive advocate of eating seasonally as well, aren't you? Yeah, well it's it's a lot cheaper and it's it's kind of how we were designed to function and it's kind of how you get all a variety of all the different vitamins and nutrients and phytonutrients in into your body from eating seasonally because if you're eating the same food all year round you're not getting a whole lot of variety. It's the same, it's the same stuff. It's the same vitamins and minerals and and nutrients all all year round. If you change it up and try to eat as seasonally as you can, you can get food that's grown and ripened on the vine, so it has the most content of all that really really good stuff. Because that's when fruit naturally and vegetables drop off the tree or the vine or wherever they've come from when they're ripe. And when they have the most goodness in them, so then the seeds within them can reproduce. And it's the same as when you have a baby. And when does the baby come? When the baby's cooked. So <laughs> yeah, it's ready. It's the same with your food. When it has everything it needs to be able to, to go on and reproduce and to, and to grow, that's when it comes off the vine. So that's if you're eating food, that has come from a local area, preferably in your own garden, even if you're only growing one or two things, that's when it's at its best, is when it's fine ripened. And so we try to eat as much as we can that we can get around us for that reason as as well. It hasn't been sitting in a shipping container or on the back of the truck for 12 hours or three days or hasn't been sitting in the supermarket shelves for another six days on top of that. And things start to, to lose their density after they've been sitting around for a long period of time. So not only to get a variety, but to get the most out of what you're eating as well. Yeah, and if you're out there right now listening to this and you're living in a city and you're like, yeah, this doesn't apply to me, I can tell you right now it does because it doesn't matter which city you're living in listening to this. 
you are within an hour, hour and a half of farms. And that means there's going to be some farmers markets near you. There's going to be a market near you. There might be a business operating locally that does seasonal organic boxes that delivers. There's so many options. There's food co-ops around. I know Lisa Cordoff, uh, she talks a lot about food co-ops. She lives in a city. So there's definitely options. Like you have to do a little bit of Googling and maybe a little bit of asking around on social media, but they're definitely out there, aren't they? Absolutely. And that's when social media is a great thing. There's there's Facebook groups and you'll find one that there will be one in your area, a Facebook group that will be, you know, where you can go on there and you can ask all these questions. Where do you get your meat from? Where do you get your vegetables? Where do you get your eggs? Little things like this. Social media really comes into its own that can connect you with people. Always reach out. Don't feel that you're ever alone with trying to make changes. And sometimes when we try to change things all at once, it becomes so incredibly overwhelming. So reach out. You know, you might think, oh, I, I could never send that. That person wouldn't message me back or, you know, or, you know, they look like they're doing too well and maybe if I ask them, they're not going to just re- reach out and ask. It sometimes be a simple question like, where do you get this from or where do you get that from or how did you go about starting to make changes? There's a lot of information. There's a lot of amazing people out there that are more than happy to, to give you any kind of information that they have as well. Yeah, absolutely, especially people like us out there in, in the health and wellness world. Like we started this because we like helping people. So, you know, a, a really mm. fun part of my week is answering email inquiries. It might take me a few days to get back to you, but I definitely <laughs> get back to everyone, you know, whose messages that I see because I enjoy it. I know the Merrymaker sisters answer all their email inquiries personally. Like you'd be surprised if you reach out to people and, you know, they're doing this job because they love to, you know, they want to change the world or they want to help people. Like you'd be surprised. People will, you know, reach out back to you and help you out. They'll point you in the right direction. Oh, they totally do. And and I've been helped. I've been, you know, I, everyone starts somewhere. I didn't come all this way completely on my own. I reached out. I asked people questions. I sent people messages. I joined Facebook groups and, and I joined lots of things. I bought books. So, you know, it's I'm more than happy to give anyone information that they'd like because I had that for myself. I reached out to people and they were more than willing to to help and offer me advice in any area that I needed as well. Yeah, you mentioned Mark Sisson uh, as being one of your great inspirations. Who else did you find were, you know, good people to follow? Where else did you go for this information? What groups did you go to? Well, it's it's funny you say that actually because I – through Mark Sisson, I, I, I did the uh, Primal Blueprint Health Coaching certification, and then something else, something else came up in my email one day, and I'd been listening to a few podcasts, and it was actually it was Marcus Pierce, huh? and yeah, Marcus. yeah, I know. <laughs> so I, I joined the Exceptional Life Blueprint, and I started his course, the ELB course, and that's how I sort of got into more so. The wellness couch, and then I found people like Brett Hill, who was so lovely and so easy to to contact and get along with. And then I found his books, which are amazing. And there was um, Luke Hines and and Pete Evans. I did the the Paleo Way, and there was just so many. I made Lola Berry. Who doesn't love Lola Berry? She's just gorgeous. <laughs> and my daughter absolutely adores her. Loves her cookbooks. Just my daughter just thinks Lola's it in a bit and her cookbooks are just so girly (laughs) and so sweet so once you start to to look out there whichever direction you're looking to take there is so much information it's amazing like one that I'm really into at the moment is I'm loving Daniel Vitalis with his his rewilding because that's really sort of down my pathway I love I love what he has created and Cindy O'Meara, I'm doing her Changing Habits course at the moment. And I love Cindy. She's just amazing. And she's a mum. So she, she gets what a lot of us have, have gone through over the years. So I really, I really look up to her. Kim Morrison, I look up to her as well. So all, all these people are absolutely amazing. And they're so easy to, to understand and to, to get along with and to, to follow. And they're open, they're honest, and they're raw. 
yeah. very genuine people. That is an awesome list. <laughs> Thank that, you so much. It's totally grown over the years as well and it keeps kind of evolving. I know, right? That's just like the best of the best in there. I was just sitting in there nodding my head going tick, 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 tick. Yep, yep. yep. Love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> so tell me what, what is this rewilding thing that you speak of? So rewilding is, is pretty much getting back to our, our human nature and Daniel just expresses it so well. So it's getting back to eating the way we should as a human species. And that's where I sort of spoke about eating vine ripened fruit comes from as, as well. And he goes into foraging as well. He does a lot of foraging and, and sleeping habits and moving habits and just not letting the noise get to you too much, but just getting back to our basic human roots of what it means to be a human being because sometimes we get so caught up in the drama of what's going on around us. I mean, how many times have you kind of walked past the TV and there's some soapy series on and you kind of get caught up in it and then you're caught up in someone else's drama and there's just so much noise out there. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. There's PTAs, there's meetings, there's you know, dinner on the run and there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves. So just stripping things back and just getting back to being very basic. And in order to do that, we, we look at our kids and we say they're spending too much time indoors, too much time sitting down, too much time on electronicals, they don't respect their elders anymore, they're privileged, all these things. But it's where are they getting that from? So in order to teach them how to have a less stressful life, we kind of need to do that as well because we have become so far removed from where we were 10,000 years ago, even 200 years ago, that we need to just, we're going the wrong way about things. Humanity has just changing so much and there's not enough compassion, not enough love, not enough humanity, not enough of what it means to be a tribe and a human being anymore. So I'm actually getting a little bit emotional talking about that. I know, but- me too. It's just, it's, <laughs> yeah, we, let's just sit here and solve all the world's problems. I've got nothing else on today. <laughs> but it's, oh. it's teaching, and that's why I love it, I think, because it just, for me to be able to learn how to live my life in that way has a knock-on effect on how to teach the kids to live their life as as well because if I'm stressed and I'm running around like crazy, then what message does that send to them? Yeah. You know, if I'm standing there on my phone going, I've got to go to this and I've got to do that and, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute, don't don't eat your breakfast yet before I take a picture of it because I need to post that this morning. <laughs> <It's> like, <what? laughs> you know, little things like that, it's, um, you know, it, what, what does that say to them? So it's it really is coming back to like I said, being a human being, getting back to what humanity means as as well. And it has to start from within the home. Yeah. And I think, you know, to sum up the last couple of minutes of, of what I was hearing was connection. Like there has yeah. to be connection. And it's funny because as a as a naturopath with, you know, if if I was taking away something out of someone's diet, I wouldn't just sit there and go, okay, you can't eat gluten and dairy because, you know, we've discovered that you have an intolerance. Okay. Okay. Bye. You don't do that. I, well, I don't do that. I sit there and go, okay, we're going to take out the gluten and the dairy, but here's some really exciting things that we're going to replace it with to distract you and inspire you and get you thinking about a different way of eating. And I think if, you know, and I'm not a mum, this is why I love getting mums on the show because it's, it's, I love hearing it from someone who's in the trenches, but it sounds to me like if you're going to take away the iPad, you know, for a few hours a day, you don't just take away the iPad, you take yeah. away the iPad and then get in there with them to do something that's even better than the iPad and that's outdoors and that's exciting and inspiring that, you know, so they're not just sitting there going, oh, I can't believe I can't have the iPad, you know? Yeah. And, and in time, you know, what happens is, when you say, hey, let's go on the oval or kick the footy or let's go walk up the hill, let's go and throw some stones in the river, let's go for a walk around the block, let's go and climb a tree, let's go and do something, you know, it gets to the stage where they actually put the iPad down themselves or turn the TV off themselves and go, okay, cool, 
Yeah. So, you know, and then all of a sudden they kind of start doing these things themselves. And look, not everyone lives in the country where their kids can kind of free range. So, you know, it's it's creating your own environment where your kids are safe to have that nature play. So go on a bushwalk. There's lots of bushwalks even in the city. That might be a 40-minute drive, but check out in your in your local tourist guides as, as well and your information centres. There's lots of great free things to do around that you can do as a family. Or if you live somewhere where there's a bushland, just go on a bushwalk and make up your own games. My kids used to pick up sticks and bash thistles like they were playing some kind of zombie attack game. They'd see a thistle <laughs> and, rah, you know, we'd have a few little stick fights and, They'd wear gumboots and climb trees and all of a sudden their brains just start to see so much more around them. And that's when they can use their iPad games, whatever they're playing on iPad, whether plants versus zombies or Minecraft or whatever, and they can put that into practice outside. Give them a tip up the recycling bin in the backyard and give them a a roll of tape. Let them go for it. See what they come up with because I tell you sometimes that's (laughs) the best play. That you could seriously, that is. That sometimes that you can get hours and hours of constructive, creative play from tipping upside down the recycling bin, giving them a heap of electrical tape, sticky tape, whatever tape you want, some rope, some string, and just say, go for it. So, as a free range mum, how do you let your kids play, get dirty, explore the world without having an anxiety attack every day? Well, put it this way, (laughs) I was working last night and I got a picture from my husband of two of my three children naked in the rain in the backyard (laughs) in the sand pit. It's letting letting them glow. Clothes were made to protect you and good clothes are clothes you can wear all the time, not something that's fresh and fancy. I think you kind of just got to let it go. and, And remember when you were a kid, because I'm sure a lot of us grew up in the generation where we had that because we didn't have phones. We didn't have computer games. We weren't allowed to watch TV. You know, we, we grew up with a lot less options than, than what we do now. So you'd ring your friend after school and say, what are you doing? Do you want to go for a ride? Or do you want to catch up? You'd lay out in the sun or you'd practice skipping or doing cartwheels and handstands. And it's and it sometimes can take a little while and slowly to let them go that little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further but there has to be an element of trust and for kids to be able to fulfill their full potential and and be creative and have fun you can't be hovering over them you've kind of got to let them explore the world because one day they're going to be in a situation where it be you know at school at school camp or at a friend's house or going somewhere with a friend where you're not there to always protect them you're not always there to make the decisions for them. So you kind of gradually need to just release them and let them manage their own risk themselves. Like risk management skills is, there's so much to be said for that. So letting them play a bit risky, go and climb a tree, but hey, let's look at how we're going to climb this tree, not just climb up and crawl out onto the longest branch and snap well. You know, it's, you, you kind of got to say, hey, Let's climb a tree and how do you think you'd climb this tree? So you can teach them, you know, with risky play a little bit as well. We keep our feet in close to the trunk. Never trust a dead branch. Big lesson I learnt when I was a kid after falling <laughs> out of a tree. Never trust a dead branch. <laughs> and little little things like that, throwing rocks, stick fighting, for instance. Don't wave around a stick. Go for it. But don't do it too close to anybody else. If you're going to have a stick fight, be conscious of where you are. Uh, we go to the tip, the kids pull stuff out of the tip, never ever climb to the top of the tip pile, pull things out from around the edge. Uh, my kids have pocket knives when we go out the bush. You know, they don't walk around town with a pocket knife over their neck. <laughs> but <laughs> when we go out in the bush, they, they take them with them. They know how to use a tomahawk. They know how to start a fire. It's, it's things like that, but they know the safety side of it as well. So it's not just letting them just completely go it's not you know free range doesn't mean unparenting it's still educating them play freely manage your risk but in a safe way learn safety with it as well if if that makes sense yeah and I love how that means that you're with them not hovering over them like ready to pull them out if something goes wrong you're with them doing stuff with them yeah 
I think there's, yeah, a, absolutely. there's a big difference there. Uh, my husband's a big bushman. Like he loves to spend the majority of his time out in the bush. He's very big on history. So we, at the moment, the big thing for the kids is they like playing Kelly Gangs because where we live is <laughs> is kind of Ned Kelly country. So, you know, we go out looking for, we go to the um, Harry Powers side and there's there's a lot of bush tracks around here where Ned Kelly and Harry Powers and his gang covered a lot of country. So that opens up for education because then all of a sudden the kids want to learn about history. They want to learn about the gold rush. They want to learn about um what sort of life that these people lived when they came out to Australia because in this country, in this terrain, it was harsh. It was really harsh. And it's a really good educational tool to to use as well because then they start to, to look up a bit more information, they start reading, they start learning. So it's it's goes hand in hand as well. We've got a, a big Spartan race that's on here in November that I've been training for. So the kids have been training with me for that. But the other side of it is they've also been learning about Spartans, about Spain, about history, which comes along with it as, as well. So it's it's really kind of cool once you start to make those connections with what you're doing and where that comes from. The kids want to know more about it, where it comes from, why are you doing it, what are they, who are they, how did it start. It's a lot of stuff like that. And then that comes into their creative play as well, like I said, with the whole Ned Kelly thing. You know, now they go out playing bush rangers. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that idea of the Spartan race as well because that means you're getting fit together too. Yeah, it does. And I'm doing all three races in November. So that's the uh, 7K sprint, the 14K super and the 21K beast, which is going to be enormous. And I need to really prepare and train for that. And I'm I'm a busy working mum with with three kids, so in order to really get some of my training in, I need to do it with the kids, and they get involved. We go out in the oval. If you've got a chair, you've got a trampoline. The other day, I did pull ups underneath the trampoline, so I just hung under the trampoline with my hands on the the frame of it and just use that to do pull ups. It's it's really easy jumping up on chairs, and the kids do. They make their own little course around the backyard where they run up the slide and they climb a tree and then swing out of it and then they climb across little mushroom top things or any sticks that are laying on the ground and they time themselves getting around the course. So it's really fit and creative. <laughs> that is awesome. That's seriously awesome. I'm, I think it's pretty cool. And it means I get a workout too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, teach, it's teaching them as well that, you know, fitness is fun. Just keep moving. You know, when I'm doing – Mason came and did the – um lunges for a cause with me out at Wandy a few weeks ago and it was 1k of lunges and 300 burpees so that's over oh a thousand God. lunges Are you and Mason did yeah 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 it was tough it was tough <laughs> but Mason did most of it with me he did the lunges with me he did the majority of the burpees with me and then he did a bit of photography for everyone else but it, just to be in that environment with other people as well he loved it yeah, that's amazing. So with all the things that you do, I know that you've spoken about, you know, your adrenals in the past. How do you yeah. how do you look after the health of your adrenal glands and your nervous system if you're so busy doing stuff? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> this is something I'm actually I'm um, I'm going through the process again with um cutting out certain things. So for me, I know coffee is so not helpful especially when I'm training a lot because my body already has a level of inflammation and stress when you start to train really heavy. So coffee is not my friend. Um, my body seems to be governed by my adrenals, so that means sometimes red meat for me is not very helpful. Um, making sure I get enough sleep. Sleep is a big thing. So I really, my bedtime's 9.30. I just have to go to bed at 9.30 because I'm studying as well, so I'm up early. Eating really well, I have to eat well. So a lot of green smoothies. And just rest, just trying to really manage my stress levels because as soon as you get stressed, that balance just gets thrown out the window. So trying to really manage my stress levels is a really big thing for me, especially when I get so busy, definitely. Yeah. I find with my adrenal fatigue clients, and, and there's a lot of them, 
Um, yeah, find, yeah, it's a big thing these days. Yeah, I find if uh, they're doing a lot of exercise, then you have to look after those other aspects of of your life even more so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I have a, I, I do see, I've got great practitioners that I see regularly. I see my chiropractor, I see my acupuncturist, and I also see a sports kinesiologist. So, and and that sort of, you know, that's to to also manage. You know the, the health of my body, but I'm seeing them more so as my training increases for the Spartan trifecta as well, just to try and and manage everything with within my body, as well as just making sure as a check in that I am keeping up with looking after myself, managing my stress levels, that removing any interference that's going on within my body as well. Yeah, I've really, I, I've, I've, I'm sitting here just gobsmacked actually the last you know the last half hour just going this woman's so <laughs> onto it like you're so in tune with what your body needs and you're so conscious of of you know how all the little facets of your life all tie together it's just yeah it's it's amazing and but the thing is you never you never really arrive there's always improvements to be made and i i like to think that I, I live a life more so of tilting than balance because I, I tend to tilt or lean towards what's more important at the time and you develop that that over time of understanding what your body kind of needs and you know and sometimes it's so easy to ignore it where you kind of go oh I just need to do this or I need to get that done or I'll, I'll do it tomorrow and then I just you know need you to crash. get through that thing that's on next week, and then I've just got to get through the next thing, and then I'll yeah. look after myself. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what it. happens at the end of that is you crash. And I'm at the stage at the moment where I am busy. I'm working. I'm studying. I'm training hard. I've got three kids. I've got a house to manage as well. If I don't manage my time, but if I don't make time for myself and look after myself, if I crash. What's going to happen to all those areas? And I want to teach the kids to look after themselves as well. So, you know, I think the the really big one is 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 the stress thing as as well because we do put so much pressure on themselves. And and I put a lot of pressure on myself. I've, I've got to get this done. I've got to get that done. And so it's it really is just that constant reminder just to not to take on too much and just to to be as simple as you can as far as you know eating simple which is fruit and veggies healthy fats a bit of meat fruit and veggies is so easy to do it's so so easy sleep just create yourself a time cut out the tv who really needs to know what went on in in home and away last night it's not real <laughs> <laughs> so and it's it's just not it just sets you up for false expectations anyway so you know instead of that grab a book or listen to a podcast or, or listen or just go to bed you know sometimes just doing something without input as as well when I train now I do not do it with any input I do not run I do not walk I don't hike with any kind of input anymore I used to a lot and I found that my brain didn't get enough rest I was always thinking of the next thing so I don't do any of those things listening to anything anymore for that reason there's that you sometimes just got to sit and process your own thoughts yeah. Now, you mentioned podcasts a minute ago and yeah. we certainly can't let you go without mentioning your <laughs> amazing podcast. Can you please tell us about that, my lovely? Sure. Uh, my podcast is with my awesome co-host, Jen Richards from Rumbles Paleo and Boomy. Of course, I can't forget Boomy. It's called Boomy's World. Boomy is a paleolithic little cave kid from 40,000 years ago. And what we try to do is talk to parents and kids just about how to live a simpler life. So just empower them to connect heart, body, mind, spirit, environment, just all about empowering people to, to take their own path and be responsible for their own journey. Not every journey is going to look the same and everyone's got something different to offer. So you might listen to one person and say, oh, wow, I'm going to try that thing, and you'll hear someone else and you go, oh, wow, that makes sense. I'm going to try that. So we try to speak to all different people. And these podcasts can be listened to by youth, some of them by kids as well. So we try to make it really easy to understand. But it's it's all about kids and families and struggles achievements goals desires health wellness 
spirituality, all these all these different things. So, yeah, I've, it's been such an amazing journey because as a mum, these were the things that I wanted to learn. So it's great to be able to now speak to the experts about things that I want to grow and learn as, as a parent as well because it's just about constantly changing because sometimes you think, along the same lines of if I've got to stick to this certain routine or this certain way of parenting the way I was raised, you're setting yourself up for, for kind of assuming that you can predict what's going to happen in the future. Whereas if you've got lots of different tools and trying different things and growing and learning as a parent, because it's, it's the same as everything in life to, to get better at something, you've actually got to do the work and you've got to grow and you've got to learn. So it's, it's kind of along the lines of that with everything, just growing and learning. So you've got lots of different tools in your toolbox to adapt to being a parent or to adapt to being a teenager or, or a kid or, or any of those kind of things as well. I love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, Thank I could, you. I could talk to you all day, but we will let you go. But can you just tell our lovely listeners where they can find you, please? Sure. So you can connects with uh, myself and Jen through the podcast on Boomy and Friends, which is on Facebook and Instagram, or myself at Leanne Anders on Instagram and Primal Mum on Instagram and Facebook. So all you have to do is Primal Mum is M-U-M. And Boomy is B-U-M-I, people. B-U-M-I, it's Indonesian for Earth. Oh, oh wow that's cool that's yeah, so cool. yeah yeah so there's a bit of a bit of a story there with with boomy but um anyone who wants to know more can check that out there's some books and stuff there as well that jen's written but yeah you can find me just as leanne anders and primal mum and if you want to connect with me or send me a message or or ask anything please do i'd love to i'd love to see what anyone's thought of this podcast and i'd love to offer any help i can or just connect with anyone as, as well Ah, oh, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking some time out of your busy day today to hang out with us. Ah, uh, thanks, Jules. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me on your beautiful podcast show. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> what a positive, insightful and actionable chat that was with Leanne Anders. If you like what you've heard here, remember, subscribe using your chosen podcast app and then you can tune in every single week. Also, if you love healthy recipes, head to julesgalloway.com right now and there's a free whole food recipe mini ebook just waiting for you to download. Stick around because next week I'll have another awesome person for you. Till then, stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.